assume a good fellow. What day is today? Today? Well, it's Christmas Day, of course. One half of Two Boys in a Balcony proudly presents... Come in and know me better, man! A special Yuletide podcast production. I am your host, Sean Sullivan. A shower cook! 25 Days of a Christmas Carol. God bless us. God bless us. Hello, and welcome back to the 25 Days of a Christmas Carol. I'm your host again, Sean Sullivan, here for day four. It's cartoon time, baby. It's Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol from 1962. The year's 1949. United Productions of America introduced the world to J. Quincy Magoo, a wealthy elderly retiree who, due to his extremely poor vision and absolute steadfast refusal to do anything about it, entertained the post-war Americans the way like no other half-blind, old, bald man before. Magoo's cartoons went on to win two Academy Awards, more than Amy Adams, and in 2002, TV Guide ranked Mr. Magoo number 29 on the list of its 50 greatest cartoon characters of all time. And to discuss the inexplicable success of this near-blind pensioner and how he became the star of the very first animated Christmas special. It's the host of the TV Guidance Counselor podcast. Andy's a great comedian. Andy's my best friend named Ken. It's Ken Reed, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you on the other side of the bells. I will say I was uh, shocked at, uh, at how straightforward it is it's completely serious it's super weird because mr magoo is not he's so for people that don't know the premise is mr magoo the character is in a broadway production of a christmas carol and yeah so like him going to the theater and like getting ready to do the play he's mr magoo like blind crazy guy Sure, and then in the play, he's he's not that. He's no, just it's just a it's an old he was man. cast as Ebenezer Scrooge, and the play itself is actually like kind of a a darker take on a Christmas Carol than you're normally used to seeing. Well, it's it's uh it's very tr- it's I mean traditional is the only word. Yeah. So as I've been going putting the list together for this show, you know, I'm watching 25 different versions of the same story, and I'm in the middle of actually reading the novella Dickens. for the first time. And you, th- you get all these Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. And that just, that just rings out as zany as compared to some of the more straight takes like the, the film versions. And then of you course. watch this and then you got Mr. Magoo who I, for, I have no idea why <laughs> he ever took off, why he was ever a success. Uh, he's got two Academy Awards. I learned that this week. Yeah, well, that com- the company who made Mr. Magoo, they had a whole series of cartoon characters that were like sort of similar gimmicks. Like they had a character named Gerald McBoing Boing. Yes, who and he is was a child that only spoke in sound effects. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Tiny Tim in this version is Gerald McBoing Boing. Oh, was uh, it all- Tiny Tim? It's not the Ghost of Christmas uh, I don't- past. Think it, I did. I did see that they referenced Gerald McBoing Boing, yeah. but it looks like him, but it's not like it doesn't do what the character does, just like Magoo doesn't. It, this is this is the first ever made-for-television animated special. 
Yeah, which is b- bizarre. Yeah, 1962. Uh, not who I would think of. It's just I can't I can't get over the Magoo of it all. So this is somebody looked at this character. So this is my research. You you may know. You, look, you're a, a Magoo uh, expert. <laughs> a Magoo. You, you love him. You 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 get the you get your your Magoo bald cap. You got your. Uh, I'm Magoo. I you know I often <laughs> right. wear like really thick Coke bottle glasses so I can't see anything and just walk into traffic. He's just a man that just exists in the world, and he's just he's a, a rich, uh, seemingly benevolent millionaire, right? Seems like yeah. he might be one of the good one percent, and he just yeah. goes through the world just disrupting construction sites and uh, upsetting traffic. No harm ever befalls him. World's luckiest uh, man. Uh, it's incredible, and he. So, nineteen forty nine is the first appearance of Magoo. Look, we're right out of the World War II. We are, we're all a little tired of having our eyes open. It's true. Walking around with blinders on. Uh, so then he does the theater. They do the theatrical, the cartoon shorts in the 50s. He wins two Academy Awards, which is bananas. That Mr. It, Magoo has more Academy Awards than uh, most uh, accomplished actors. But it's also, it's a very vaudeville character. In that, like a lot of the misunderstanding, like mishearing things. Oh, sure. It's super vaudeville It's also, it's just, uh, yeah. So I was, I was genuinely thrown. This thing opens up with, uh, just, uh, just a barrage of theatrical signs, just of like theaters, like the, the St. James Broadway, and yeah, but it's right, so it's Broadway. 60s. It's like neon, boom, boom, boom. The no, lights. and it's, and it's slick and it looks good. I will say this about the UPA style of animation. I love it. Yeah. It's, it's got the thick black lines, yep. very solid characters. All the backgrounds are solid colors. And then they, then they get into the, you know, some of the, the more, uh, I don't want to say psychedelic because it seems that seems wrong for Magoo. It's impressionist. But, it's sort of impressionist yeah. mid-century. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I really enjoyed it, but I I was shocked that other than the wraparound, the 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 narrative framework, which I don't care about at all. I think the Broadway stuff is dumb only because it they abandon it immediately and it's they jump right into Victorian England. It's completely it's, unnecessary, um, but I think, and I didn't research this, but I'm fairly certain that on Broadway in the late 50s, early 60s, there was a production of Christmas Carol. I think that's the one with George C. Scott. He was in the musical. And then when they made the movie version, Albert Finney was in it. And then George C. Scott did a movie version later. But yeah. So I think it was a popular play. And I so my guess is most people at that time only knew it as a Broadway play, which is why they have that framing device, but no, I'm totally no, no, guessing. No, 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 Yeah, I mean, so uh, I've just immersed myself in this this stupid world, but, you know, Christmas Carol is, they have a silent film in 1901, and then between that and then the most, the first big uh, film is the 1951 with uh, Alistair Sim as Scrooge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... In between uh, that, they have silent versions and longer versions and TV specials and all that. I feel like this is a story that everybody knows, which is why when you get later adaptations of it and the later versions and iterations, they can do so much to subvert the expectations of it. It's just because it's ingrained. But that this is the first animated Christmas special, and they go with this story, and they really don't magoo it up. 
It's very me- straightforward. There's a couple of blind puns. I was genuinely, I was really blown away at how little they do. He stumbles into some people at the end, but Scrooge does that in every version because he's yeah. just, he's just he's you know, so overwhelmed. Yeah. The guy's got that dang Christmas spirit coursing through his veins. He does. Um, but there was one point where, uh, you know, he said, uh, uh, what did he say? Uh, I wrote it down somewhere. But he makes a couple of blind, there's a couple of blind puns. And you go like, okay, but they're not, they don't pause on them. They're not there for laughs. Right. Um, it's just, they could have, they could have not made this Magoo and it would have been just fine. It would have been exactly the same. But I suspect they wouldn't have got a green lit because the character was an, was a known entity. So, is, and, <laughs> and it was a really weird pitch to pitch to the network. We're going to make an animated special specifically for television. Right. With this character it was really strange. It was an odd idea. Uh, man, I, I wish I had had time to go back and watch the the shorts because they had by this point they had made Magoo into a TV series in the 1960 I think this comes out in 62 yeah and then the success of this thing launches <laughs> what I'm like the Magoo that I knew because I would watch it in syndication growing up is the is the um the fractured fairy tales you know, Magoo, the wishbone Magoo is the, yep. takes, he's Romeo. He's that. Right. And which that is all based on. on this. Yeah. That's, they took the idea of this and that they, you know, they amp up the blind stuff in that because really when we're looking for Magoo, we just, we, we just want to laugh at the disabled. That's in, in that well, what it is in that what it is about Magoo. So it's, it's exciting. You're like, Oh, is this the one where his head's going to get crushed by the, by the wrecking ball? Oh, he just missed it. And you didn't even know. <laughs> you think we would have learned. By this point, Magoo's been around for almost twenty years. That no, he never dies. Yeah, but uh, every time we'd we'd watch, you go, oh, he's he's walking on a girder. It's also surely weird. that crane is not gonna is not gonna lower in time for him to get back on the sidewalk. It's super weird having him play Scrooge, who is an asshole, when Magoo is aside from being an old man, is like the most lovable old man. He's like, oh, right. <laughs> so oh, it's, Magoo, you but, did it again. But Jim Backus, who's Mr. Howell and yep. um in Gilligan's Island, who is also Magoo, is such a good actor though. <laughs> like Oh, it's crazy. It's one of yeah. the best uh animated vocal performances. Oh my god. That scene with the ghost of Christmas Future when he's like spirits <laughs> it's like really it holds up with any other depiction of Scrooge I've ever seen. No, it's wild how <laughs> how much this is in contention as one of the best Christmas Carol adaptations. Um and it's 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 I'm I was just shocked that they the only thing that they do is they they flip uh the, the ghost order. of Christmas present and the ghost of Christmas past. And that must have only just been a pacing issue or um I you know, the Christmas present song is uh much more interesting than the song they do in the past. I kinda like that flip though, because he it it almost makes more sense. Like obviously chronologically it doesn't, but in the in the emotional arc, it kind of does. Oh sure, yeah. No, he needs to. It it uh, it didn't. It doesn't. Uh, I you know I prefer obviously the way that it it uh, is traditionally told with the past, present, future. Um, only because you get to see the chronological of this guy reflecting upon his whole entire life, but you don't get um, you don't change anything by switching the two. 
And I was genuinely, I was like, did I, did I send the wrong link? I almost, right. I was in a panic. I almost called you to be like, don't watch that link. It's dead. They, they cut out the whole past. Right. Um, but then they jump ahead um, to the, uh, the little fellow with the flame on his head. But the only, the only cuts they made to this and the history of animated Christmas specials on network TV is incredibly labyrinthine if that's a word, but the, like Charlie Brown, Rudolph, there's so many cuts and replacements in those over the years. Like Rudolph has four, four different songs that are in it and then taken out and in, but this one weirdly, um, the only, there's only two versions of this, the one you watched and then there it, it aired for, I think 10 years on, I want to say CBS and then got picked up by, I think ABC and yeah. they cut it so that it's just the play it doesn't have the framing device right which is yeah stunning. which is which is uh i think the last time that they showed this was on it was 2015 i think it was on the cw which is which, weird <laughs> well it's also like i haven't had um cable since yeah probably right around then would have been the time i dropped it so i don't even get the benefit of watching these when they air now like i would have no idea if they even show magoo this year no it, it, um, well, it's not it's not one of the beloved christmas cartoons it just isn't it's like no. a really obscure one and, and for the simple reason that it stars a, a balding nearsighted man also, like it it's, just it's really grim i mean it's it's really it's not funny no it's not super kid friendly it, no, this is not one, you know, uh, my uh, my kids are coming up on a couple of episodes coming up. I could show them this, and I think they would appreciate it just because it's, you it know, done great. well, and yeah. it looks cool, but they're not going to, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be getting, hey, Dad. Um, I love that Magoo. Can, <laughs> yeah, can we, do, do you think they have any stuffed uh, Magoos we could get? You know, I don't. I'm thinking about it in my in my travels with all the junk today. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a Magoo actually any magoo merchandise but let alone a stuffed animal because a stuffed animal of a blind deaf old man <laughs> is real weird oh for sure oh dad i can't sleep i uh, i can't find magoo i can't find magoo i can't go to bed without magoo <laughs> magoo doesn't hear or see nothing um it's uh man it's so good. Uh, I I want to say I want to draw. There's only one musical number that I loved. I think all the songs are pretty forgettable except for the song that Bob Cratchit sings. Mm -hmm. uh, and Bob Cratchit, of course, voiced by a gentleman by the name of Jack Cassidy, who, the best I could tell, is famous for being the father of David and Sean Cassidy. That's true. Them heart heartthrob boys. Um, we got a couple other names. Maury Amsterdam uh, is a voice in this. But I could not place who he played. He plays Brad, or I think it was Gary, or something like that. Okay. Uh, Maury Amsterdam uh, from uh, uh, Dick Van Dyke, right? That's what yes. he's on. Yep. Um. And then you know I always like to look at the directors and stuff. This guy who directed this, Abe uh, Levito, ton of animated uh, stuff. The only he, 1962, he has a movie called Gay Perry. Yes. <laughs> have you seen have you seen this? I haven't seen Gay Paris. It's a musical a musical cartoon about French cats. I would starring, have guessed that. Starring Judy Garland, a 1962 Judy Garland, uh Robert Goulet and Red Buttons. Who I, I always uh confuse. Red Buttons is uh the one that uh not the one that just makes noises. 
No, that's uh, that's um, oh, Red Skelton. Red Skelton. Yeah. I'm drunk. Red Skelton. Yeah. Um, no, that's um, Jesus Christ. Who's the guy in Pete's Dragon? Which red is that? Red Arback. No. <laughs> Coach of the Boston Celtics. <laughs> I hate Pete's Dragon so much. Oh, come on. I hate it. What it's, is there to hate about it? It's the most garbage 70s slash 60s. It's the worst of every Disney you are uh, insane, live action Ken. movie. It's not as bad as the Gnome Mobile or Derby O'Gill and the Little People, but it's awful. Uh, I also uh, hate Puff the Magic Dragon. Can fuck right off. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, look, there's no argument there, friend. And the reluctant dragon, you can go screw as well. I don't know that one, but I'll, I'll, I'm going with it. Um, yeah, red buttons uh, is in Pete's dragon, along with Jim Backus. Backus did a ton of uh, animated voices over the years. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to look at him uh, real quick. I mean, his, him as Magoo is just so good. It just makes so much sense he had a i think it was a sketch show uh the jim vacus show i want to say in the 50s or variety show and did a ton of different characters and i don't know if he ever live action did magoo um or not because i haven't seen much of the jim vacus show and i don't know if a lot of it exists well yeah so i don't think um I think Magoo has always just been animated. I think he was brought in. I don't think Magoo came out of anything to the best of my research, which is uh, Wikipedia, and that's about it. And then Fair asking enough. you questions. I, Fair enough. So um, it seems like it, it was just, you know, it was this, he started out, he was uh, more abrasive, more miserable, more miserly. And then uh, as that character got successful as a crank, I think they softened him up and then he took off even harder. Um, to the point where you could go to NBC and go, hey, we want an hour. We're giving you uh, a weird, uh, very sincere uh, Christmas special, and you're going to put it on your uh, TV channel, and we're going to sell, uh, I don't know, toothpaste or whatever the hell they did back then. Well, although it, it seems extra strange watching it from 2020, but it wasn't that unusual to air filmed plays on tv in 1962 like that was fairly common yeah it's it's not unusual for that to, so so that was this wasn't super weird um and it for some reason it always reminds me of frankenstein because that has that introduction <laughs> where the the universal frankenstein where they actually have a yeah. guy come out from the curtain and be like this oh that's frankenstein <laughs> yes and it's super weird it's just to warn you that this movie is going to be so terrifying yeah, you need to be uh, forewarned. But like, kind of presenting it like it's a play, but it isn't. Right. Um, so the guy who wrote the music on this um, also worked on Funny Girl, which is yeah. Weird. Um, um and, and other Broadway stuff. I don't think he wrote the songs for that, but he like played stuff. Let's look him up right, real quick. I should have had this. I should have had this noted. You know what my least favorite song in this is. Wrangle, uh, is it, wrangle, wrangle. Is that is that the, oh, wrangle, wrangle? The sound of coins. Oh, I hate that. Magoo's Magoo's love letter to uh, 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 the gold standard. No, you know who this uh, this this guy? So uh, the guy who wrote the music for this wrote the music for. Excuse me, uh, Willy Wonka, 
and the chocolate factory. That was the other big thing. Um, yeah, wasn't that wasn't that um uh what the hell's the guy's name? No, uh, the Br- the British guy. Um, oh my God, he's in Garbage Pail Kids the movie. Oh, uh, oh, that Leslie uh, Brickhuss? No, no, no. Uh, Anthony Newley. Anthony Newley wrote the songs for uh, Willy Wonka. Uh, look, I, I can't be sitting here all day discussing who wrote the <laughs> songs because I can't. I'm yeah, Anthony, right Newley, now. Anthony Newley wrote like The Candyman and he, was, he did a lot. Yeah, of you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Right. He's married right. to Joan Collins. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, the guy who did the music for Magoo did the score for Willy Wonka. Oh, uh, okay. So he did the, the actual music, music. Yeah. Which is uh, more important uh, in my, uh, my, my estimation. Can you name me one song from the score of Willy Wonka? I, I love the score of Willy Wonka. Just let it just sit, chill out. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it, Ringle Ringle stinks, it's, and it's, it's really the only bad. one that comes back. I thought the the Plunderers March, uh, Weird Despicable, uh, was so long. That was the one point where I was like, "This thing is." They're stretching. We're stretching, and you don't need to because there's plenty of stuff that you could have added into this. Um, but, uh, you know, just like anything, they, they had to trim, they trim all the stuff with Scrooge's nephew. They scrim, they trim, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff in the past. Um, but they hit all the beats. They hit every beat that you need to qualify to be a Christmas Carol, which is really impressive. The plunderers gets cut a lot. They're essentially people who like steal things from him being. Yeah. They go into and they steal from his deathbed and, you know, they, they steal the curtain and the curtain rings from his, uh, his bed curtains. That gets cut often. Yeah. I mean, once you get to that point, uh, once they get through, usually in A Christmas Carol, it seems like once they get through present, they kind of, they kind of are rushing to land the plane at that point. Um, I'm still, he did gentlemen prefer blondes. Uh, this guy. It, what a weird ass, just an odd career. Um, did some music for the Phil Silver show. Because no, nothing in this really stands out as like an amazing song, or like sometimes you'll see these specials and you're like, that should have been a, a, a an all time Christmas classic. Like we should hear that on the radio every year. Yes, and there's not, nothing in this. Not a, not a one. No. Um, yeah, Jewel Stein is the is the gentleman. Yes. Um. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, Magoo. Um. Obviously, popular cartoon uh, character at the time from when you know you would go to the movies for the day and you'd have to watch cartoons while they change reels. Ken, well, you got a choice. Uh, take any uh, animated character from uh, throughout the history of animation and you get to build a Christmas carol around him. Who do you pick? Felix the Cat. Felix the Cat. Felix the Cat. You got Felix coming in as Scrooge? Um, yes. Okay, because that's the thing is is uh, you watch some of the uh, other you know the Muppets or um, Mickey. Mickey those and Bugs Bunny too. The the fun of those sometimes is seeing which character they pull out of the collective to be the different ghosts or to be Bob Cratchit and all that stuff. Whereas Magoo is Magoo is Magoo, and sometimes he has a dog, and that's it. Yeah. And the the character design like we were talking about earlier is from other 
cartoons from this company, but it, right. they're not the characters. So like, it looks like Gerald McBoing Boing, it isn't. Um, yeah. Yeah. Felix the cat. So does Felix the cat, uh, obviously I, I'm, I'm not familiar too much with Felix the cat. Does he get the depth of uh, range? Could you build out a cast of a Christmas Carol with uh, his supporting uh, friends? Um, probably they're a little bit more esoteric, but like Felix as a character himself is much more um, has much more depth than say Mickey Mouse does as a character. Like he's yeah. more of a character. Um, you could also get like super surreal because it's like those real crazy Fleischer Brothers, Ub Iwerks, 1920s weird ass cartoons. Cartoon. Oh yeah, we just uh, um, we showed the kids uh, uh, Christmas comes but once a year. Oh yes, no, it's Christmas with uh, once a year with the yeah orphans. Professor Grampy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That is a good one. Uh, don't show your kids uh, Peace on Earth either version. Peace on Earth, which are. Beautiful holiday cartoons. One's from 19, I want to say in the 30s, and one's from the 50s. There's a remake. Um, one won an Academy Award. They both may have, but they're horrific. Okay. <laughs> they're about a post apocalyptic world after World War III where all the animals are only left and man has killed everybody. <laughs> And so in the first one, there's like people being gassed and all this stuff. Oh goodness! Um, but, it, but it's all these cute little animals like reading about it, and it, and then like they talk about Christmas and all this stuff. But it's it's insane. Yeah, it's, peace it's, on earth. It's often in like when you look at those compilations they have that stuff like Christmas comes but once a year is in. Mm -hmm. It's usually mixed in with those. <laughs> So you just be watching some fun, lighthearted orphan cartoons, and then all of a sudden you get a deal with nuclear apocalypse. That's right. Thank you again to Ken Reed. Follow him at Kenneth W. Reed on social media. And make sure you subscribe to his podcast, TV Guidance Counselor, wherever you get podcasts. Uh, he's got uh, over 100 hours of back catalog interviews with some of the great uh, television actors of uh, the 20th century. Uh, it's, really, it's really a special podcast, and you guys are really going to enjoy it. Uh, tomorrow we're sticking with the animated theme and we're looking at a 2008 direct-to-DVD holiday cash grab. It's Barbie and a Christmas Carol. It's not a good one. But to help us understand and make sense of this, we're talking to comedian and surprise Barbie enthusiast, Andrea Henry. So make sure you check back in tomorrow for day five of this computer-generated monstrosity. If you want to follow the show a little more closely, uh, check out my social media. It's all Mr. Sean Sullivan, M-R-S-E-A-N, Sullivan Standard Spelling on that. Or shoot us an email at 25carols, all spelled out, T-W-E-N-T-Y-F-I-V-E-C-A-R-O-L-S at gmail.com. Uh, let us know. If you're enjoying the show, send us a, an email. Let us know. And if you're not enjoying the show, I don't know, send an email too. I like to get emails. Who doesn't? And do me a favor, check out Two Boys in a Balcony, uh, my other podcast that I host with uh, the great question mark Bill McMorrow. It's a New England film podcast. If you enjoyed this nonsense, you're surely going to find something you like over there. So thank you guys so much, and we'll see you again tomorrow.